Towards the far post, Riston, and it's in! Barisha, Diamante! Durante with a free header! And the honour of Western United's first A-League goal goes to a familiar face. Bessart, Barisha! It's Connor Payne on the left. Alessandro Diamante, the ball on a string. And... Oh, Diamante! Uh, welcome back to Out West. This week you're joined by Scott and old Jay. Welcome back, Jay. How you been, big fella? Not great, man. It's been hard watching Western these last few weeks, and that's why I haven't been on the pod. Nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, Liverpool have been going great, so that's kept my spirits up. If that didn't do, if they didn't do well, then I'd be in trouble. But yeah, it's been good. New job, which is why I haven't been on the pod for a bit. Um, good to be back. Yeah, Scotty, how's your week been? No, oh, it's been full on between moving and I also have a new job. So, what'd you get it? Yeah, yeah, got it. So, um, I've been gone for a few weeks and I'm ready to tear shreds, but. But let's move on now. Let's go to this week's summary. You know, in one of the last weeks of the regular season, and this is a big one. Sydney, Sydney FC are back with a vengeance, smashing Adelaide four-one. West Sydney Wanderers down draw. Jets levelled arch nemesis CCM two-zero. And what's that? The A League has a new broadcast deal. What? What a ripper! What do you got? What's your highlight, guys? Ah, uh, uh, scoring a goal from open play. <laughs> that, that that's that's actually quite good. Yeah. Look, I don't mind the new um, I don't mind the new broadcast deal. I, I We're gonna get into it more in a minute. We're gonna get into it more in a minute. But uh, yeah, I'll hold it off then. Uh, other highlight of the week. Um, I could probably save this for the red card segment, but it's not a red card. It would be Kai Havertz's interview after winning the Champions League and dropping a couple of f bombs. I really rated that. That was good for the energies. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Especially from a guy like him, he seems quite shy, so it was interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's exactly what you want from someone like him, like a young boy, very excited to be at the club, winning a, tro- a major trophy and against those city plastic scum. So we all love to see that. Now, we'll go into a bit of club news, and this is probably the best thing that's happened to us this week other than that goal from open play. West United have re-signed attacker Nicholas Milanovic. Um, he's extended the club for another, with, for another two seasons. So he was previously on a youth deal, so which is pretty cool. That's a good signing. I, I like Milo. I reckon he's, he's got something that can help grow in the future and you can be a very positive player over time. How, how old is he? Like 21? Uh, I feel like he's younger. I think he's – because he's very he's young. He's 19. I'll take that even more. Like, yeah, I rate that. He's had um, he's featured nine times this season. So although he hasn't had full games or any starts, he's actually had a bit of game time, which is great, which I'm actually enjoying seeing in this losing spree. The Probably one of the highlights of that is seeing our youth get a good go and blooding them so that they can be get a bit more experience in game time. That has been a big positive, I reckon. Bringing these kids through is just fantastic to see, and it's, you know, when you're down and your club's down and just things aren't going your way, you want to see something for the future get, you know, begin really. And it's a step for next season, basically. Yeah, like talk on the well on the subject of youth. While we're just going off on a tangent, you know, buy you. Hopefully, we can we even sign him to a senior deal because, uh, although he hasn't been able to have an impact, you know, positivity from younger players is what you want to see from our club. But you can say when he came on, though, in his first game, 
he was chasing the ball. It was positive signs. It, it didn't look like he was lost. No, nah, definitely not. And no, look, it, that's better than what we currently are doing where we had no attacking momentum. Yeah, exactly. You want someone that's hungry, wanting to make a name for themselves. Um, even though DP's sort of dropped off in the attacking third as the year's gone on, he's still hungry. He's still trying. And I rate that. You know, he had a purple patch of form. Um, hopefully, we have a couple more purple patches for the young boys like um, Bayou and uh, is it Markovic? Markovic, yeah. Mm. The thing is, D- DP went from being an impact player where he was doing really well and scoring a lot of goals to getting 90 minutes, which he didn't have the experience with or the stamina for, which is why he's kind of slowed down performance-wise. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, positioning for doing a being an impact player of 30-minute games is a lot different to having to run out a full 90. You can see him. Yeah, I don't think it's his fault. I think it's the way he's been utilised. But we'll save that for further on. Um, exactly, yep. Yeah, let's go into injuries at the moment. This is from the game on Monday. Bessar Barisha currently has a rib injury. Braden Inman has a hamstring. Joshy Rizdo's still out. And Sanchez has a calf injury, which the only person there I'm really I would like would like available is Sanchez, personally. I completely disagree. I'd love Joshy Risden to be back in the heart and solo this club immediately. He'd be amazing back in, but he sat out the whole season. Like Sanchez has had a lot of game time, he's match fit, he just needs that calf to be okay. The problem is, man, uh, Imai is our best centre back and he's playing right back because no one else can cover that position. So you really need Joshy back. And then I'd probably say I'd like to see Brad Edmund just come in for a bit of game time before we lose him on the loan. I think he's on a loan deal. So, uh, and he's. He's a class player. He scored some cracking goals. It's just a shame that we're not, probably not going to get to see any of his like potential and his skill uh, while he's at the club just because of injury and uh, poor timing, I suppose. Mm. Well, he was always just so, a loan replacement because they could as a Burjo, but... Yeah. I'd, I'd beg the difference. I probably wouldn't want to see much more of Inman. Like, if he's just on a loan, he's going to go out. I'd rather see uh, one or two other players in the NPL 3 so I'd get up and get a bit, bit of senior game time in them, because then you, you know that you know that they're going to be there next season, and they might progress and might take a step up, and who knows, get a, get more senior senior call ups. Yeah, as much as I agree with you, Scotty, I think you're completely right. Uh, but on the other hand, I think if you get Inman in, he scores two cracking goals, sort of changes the direction of the way we play because he scored some absolute long range belters. I think back in his raw days. Um, you know, you really yeah. that 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 could just been have been such a positive for us. Um, and having such a class player play for us for a little bit, uh, I understand where you're coming from. Obviously, loan players are not long term, but who knows? He could decide to come to terminate his contract at his other club and come back to Western if he has a crack at time. But mm. unfortunately, I don't think that'll happen. It's sad to see us get like such a decent player and uh, through circumstance and injury not be able to see him play pretty much at all. Like, but at least I would love to see him start a game and really uh, give that midfield a chop out. If we're going to make more of a finals you know, run, it would be great to get him in. But yeah, his finals is over. So this is probably the best point, which has been good to see that bring some kids in, let them have a crack. Emma was good, a great idea. 
but unfortunately it just didn't quite pan out to his advantage. Right. We just couldn't utilise him. We have so many people in those positions, but we don't have any wing backs. We don't have any like left, you know what I mean? Like, as you're saying for Rizzo, we don't have anyone to cover him. Like, where was the injury replacement for his position? Yeah, and like when, yeah. when we needed Inman, like last week, we would have loved having Inman in the squad because, you know, Sanchez is out. Um, even Bessart's out. You can push someone else up further forward and have Inman in that like midfield role. We don't have him because he's injured, and that's just unlucky. That's how football is at times, I'm afraid. Yeah. Uh, let's go on to Around the Grounds, get through a bit of Around the Grounds news, and we're heading into the fun time of the season when transfers are happening, rumours and this. This is what I enjoy, personally. The biggest news for the league and the first biggest test for the newly minted APL was the TV rights deal. This season had a massive cut in revenue with Foxtel slash KO pretty much putting the, the A-League on the back burner. And it was even they even did worse for the W-League, uh, which was despite $10 million from the government to promote women's sports. So that's just bullshit from Foxtel. But on May 26th, Viacom, CBS Australia and New Zealand and the APL announced a landmark media partnership deal, which will revolutionise the way A-League and Westfield W-League will be broadcast to Australians. The deal for five, year, for, for five years valued at over $200 million will screen one Saturday night fixture on the main channel 10 with a W-League game broadcast on the secondary channel. Both will be available on 10 Play. The remainder of the games will be available on the Paramount Plus app, launching in August for $8.99 a month. And it was rumoured that uh, members of clubs will also get a discount on that. The deal, uh, the deal's big feature was not only primetime viewing spot, but a budget for advertising, which is what has truly been lacking in the last couple of years of the A-League. No one's talking about it. You don't see it anywhere other than clubs making their own little guerrilla marketing, like West United with the boat or some, like, some small, those electronic um, banner things in places, but not really much is happening. So I think that there, that that money allocation to actually promoting the game on Channel 10 to a, a broader audience is going to be huge. What do you guys think about the broadcast deal? Scott? Um, I, I think it's um, fantastic. Like, you know, you see Channel 10, they advertise all their shows and they go through a lot of, you know, advertisement, which is great. I reckon they'll advertise the A-League, even though they've, they'll, they will promote the other uh, – who, who else was taking the deal on, the other company? Paramount. Plus. Paramount. They'll uh, advertise Paramount, which is basically advertising A-League as well. So, you know, you at least two different advertisements going on within that package, hopefully. And, look, it's, it's more than we'll get, what we're getting now. Jay, what are your thoughts? I'm about to tee off. Not because of the A-League rights. We knew that was coming. Everyone knew that Foxtel were losing it. We'd hoped it would go to Optusport so it could sort of mix in with our Premier League deals. But, you know, Optusport have also lost the Champions League to, I think, I don't know, somebody else, which is a very big disappointment. Because now, you know, it's three different subscriptions if you want to watch three of the, you know, our top level in this country and then the top level in Europe and then the top level in England. That's disappointing. Part that's really, really pissed me off is the fact that they've got the ten million from the government to, pro- to promote the women's sport. We've got a women's World Cup coming up, and they've literally done nothing with it. It's just the biggest waste of money. You would have been better off giving the whole of the W League to like ABC, putting it all on free to air or something like that. Put it on a, a Facebook page. I don't care. They would have just done better. That is just it's. 
oh, it's borderline illegal. I, it really pisses me off because, we, like I said, we've got a Women's World Cup coming. It's a really big deal for us because we've been trying to get a World Cup for years. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's absolutely disgraceful from Fox Sports and I'm glad to be moving away from them. I, oh, I wish the AFL and the Formula One would do the same so I could cancel my KO subscription, to be completely can just, honest. Can I say something to upset you even more? You know how the A-League game and the W-League game was... No, please don't. I can't deal with it. Do you want to, you want to hear something funny? ABC paid yeah. money for that. Despite yeah. the fact it's a government network, yeah. they actually paid like whatever amount of money it was to Foxtel to air that. Despite the fact... Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. Murdoch, like the Foxtel group has gotten from the government. Oh, let's, let's not get into News Corp, bloody Foxtel, Murdoch bullshit yeah. because that's yeah, a complete guys. different podcast. Yeah, um, but on the on a fun note, new rights deal, which means money into the game. It's got a it's it's a confirmed future because a lot of fans were worried about there wasn't any. What's next after this broadcast deal? Will there be a league? This is giving a lot of fans certainty, which I'm really happy for. Um, any final thoughts on this? Um, as happy as I am with the deal, uh, when I see it, I'll be happy. You know, when I start to see the coverage and the promotion. Mm. And I'll be happy because we've we've had fucking we've had words with uh, Foxtel and they've they've promised and promised and not delivered. Hopefully, you know, uh, Channel Ten being a big free to air channel, they they do a much better job. And hopefully, honestly, I'd like to see some government support for for the world game because uh, I think the majority of Australians don't really care about the A League. Let's be real. But if there's a World Cup on, we've got millions of Australians watching that. You, you promote those young guys, you promote the world game in Australia, and I think it attracts a lot more people, especially if it's on a free-to-air channel like Channel 10, not SBS or ABC. Mm, it's going to cut through to the mainstream all audience. Um, Scott, any final all we need, All we need is one or two ads during the news. Just imagine that, the advertisement of the A-League. You know everyone watches news. You know, it'd be fantastic to be watching the news and the A League pop up. That'd be just great if that what does pan out as as you said. Why not? So, hopefully, it does, and hopefully, it goes well. Fingers crossed. It'd be great. Hopefully, to see. they show West United. <laughs> <laughs> well, not at the moment. Here's a good one. Uh, Australian official Jared Gillett is among five e- uh, EFL referees being interviewed for promotion to the top flight this summer. The 34-year-old 34, 34 could become the first overseas referee in Premier League history. How good's that? Not good if you know who Jared Gillett is. <laughs> Why is Australian? Like, if someone's going to fuck up your game, at least they're Australian. Look, I love How many times that- did he fuck up a West United game? How many times did he screw us over? Actually, I don't think he did. I think no, he's he doing VAR. He so he screwed Liverpool over a bunch. <laughs> I rate him. I rate him. So hard. hopefully, hopefully he did, I don't want him to go then. No, well, he's honestly, the only ones that didn't screw us over. Look, he's look. already gone. He's been um, he's been in the English Premier League uh, at Champions League, whatever it is, for like a season or two. So he did. I I I've actually followed Jared Gillett. Um, he's been in the VAR bunker for the last uh, since it was introduced. He's been in the VAR bunker. And that's just a complete shambles because they don't know how to use their technology. But he did referee in the championship, I believe, which is the tier below the Premier mm. League. I don't think he's a half bad ref when he's on the pitch. Hopefully he does well. I think if I'm not mistaken, he's 
the first, if not one of the first international refs to ref in the Premier League. So that would be a very big deal. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like personal grievances aside, because Liverpool are always great. Uh, not. Um, I think it's good to see an Aussie doing well. Still better than oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying he was probably one of the best A-League refs, but that's not saying much, to be completely honest. I will give him credit where credit's due. He was good in the championship, but he's not been good in the VAR bunker. So hopefully the pressure doesn't get to him. I think if he like maintains prof- like being a professional on the world stage, if he makes it, um, I think he'll be good. And then who knows? He could be a bloody World Cup ref or a Euro ref or something like that. Mm. It's just good to see Australians represented, I think, long story short. Yeah. Scott, any comments? No, I think you both said it all. Okay. Now, this is a big one, and it's it's a bummer Kelsey isn't here to talk about, but Matt Ryan is set to complete a free transfer to Arsenal from Brighton after a successful six-month loan spell at the Emirates. However, Arsenal only see him as a backup keeper to, to Leno. Uh, it's disappointing because Leno's shit. <laughs> and I've, I'm not an Arsenal fan. You guys know that. Uh, I backed Leno as far as I could. <laughs> Just put Ryan in, boys. You're not going to win anything anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he have that one chance of getting a goal, Ryan? Yeah, but only Liverpool goalkeepers score goals, I'm afraid. <laughs> okay. Now, now, Ryan Scott will score one soon, don't you worry? He's going to do the diving header that he does almost every game. Run out, diving <laughs> header. And then even if he does score... Ryan Scott's going to bolt straight back to the goals because even after we've scored, we've got to make sure we don't concede. Yeah. The wind changes. Did we score? Uh, concede, sorry. Uh, Stephen Taylor wants to stay on and finish his professional career with Wellington Phoenix. But uh, uh, Ufi has confirmed the 35-year-old hasn't got a new contract. Yeah. I, I Get I him to Western United purely because it would piss off Stephen Taylor's shit-posting army. <laughs> which is a great Facebook page. They rip into us. They love doing it. And honestly, I love seeing it because it's fun having people that think you're their rivals. But mm. literally, we're living rent-free in the Welly fans' heads. <laughs> but, like, that would completely ruin that page on Facebook. That's the other reason I want to sign him at Western. Other than that, um, I think it's probably he's not far off retirement. No. He's, he's in our age bracket for, like, for signings, though. We, we have just dropped down an age bracket with Durante retiring. Probably dropped down about 10 years. Yeah. I think we'll get into that. So far as signing players, I don't know if we should get into that this game because that's probably a postseason. Or yeah, this, yeah. Sorry, this pod because that's a postseason <laughs> thing and we can go into that for literal hours. We can go through all Andrew Trans uh, people he puts up. Oh, on trans- transfer market, yeah. Of course, <laughs> transferred up. Okay, let's move on, guys. And now this is a big one, and I was actually surprised to hear this, but Mark Milligan has announced his retirement at the end of the 2021 season. Typical. He scores a cracker that beats us and then dips. <laughs> I th- he was a good player. I watched him a bit of victory, and you know what I mean? I, I Yeah. Good luck to him. He's had a good career. No, like, it, it, honestly, he'd probably still be the Australian, or almost still be the Australian captain if he was um, if he was you know still up to playing uh, I don't think he's good enough to make the Socceroos but leadership wise fantastic 
um, even though he played victory for so long and did so much against teams that I like, uh, I rate him. Got nothing against him. Hats off to a great career. He's probably got one more year in, in him in Newcastle. <laughs> they need all the help they can get, even though they beat the um, Mariners scum. Shout out to uh, <laughs> the... Uh, Crossbar oh, capers. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should challenge them to a running race. I think we could take them. Oh, depends. If it's uh, under a hundred meters, probably. But that's all. That's all I've got in me. I reckon. Yeah, dude. Uh, it's been pretty bad. Now, the last point for around the grounds is all four of the Socceroos World Cup qualifying matches in the month of June will be available for, to watch for free on KO as part of the freebies program. How good's that? Well, after I've just ripped on Foxtel, now I find this information out. It's probably the only good thing they've done in the last eighteen months. I, honestly, I'd rather it be on. Um, I'd rather it be on Optus Sport because Optus Sport just do much better coverage of football at the moment. And, um, and the commentators are quite good. Yeah, although they uh, botched the World Cup, they at least made it free after they botched it. So they opened it up to more audiences, fixed their problems, and promoted it. So I think KO is sort of doing the same thing. Um, I really, really hope that they continue it onto the World Cup, though. I'd love to see the World Cup free and open to literally everyone because it's just not fair. All games as well, not just soccer games. I think, you know, it's the world game. It's, to me, the most important tournament in world football, the World Cup, because it means so much to literally everyone. And it should be it should be free everywhere, not just in Australia. So yeah, that it should be, but unfortunately, it's where it, they know they'll they'll make money off it. So yeah, like SBS will always get Australia games, you'd hope, but it should be um, it should be every game uh, free free to air. You know who'd be really good to have back on involved in the Channel Ten broadcast team just for a bit of shits and gigs, Santo Sam and Ed. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I've missed that show so much. Do you remember that, Scotty? I never really watched them, but, yeah. I, I That's what I watched. Hearts. That's what helped me get into the A-League was watching them. Like, I really enjoyed the camp. I like shit, shithousery. I love, like, you know what I mean? That's why I like A-League memes so much. I like the shithousery of it. I think, honestly, I think they they do a lot of stuff for Channel 10 for, like, uh, have you been paying attention or something? So, yeah. hell, it could happen. Uh, but they both do work with that business, although – Sam Pang does do the front bar, and which you'd, you'd assume that Channel 7 money is better that's, than the Channel 10 money. That's footy money as well. So That's what I mean. Like, AFL is such a Bunsen burner for, like, Victorian economy. But also, so far as people coming back, would love to see more of Simon Hill. He's rumoured to be on board. People are talking. And another one, another big one would be Daniel Garb, who used to do yeah, the Premier Garb. League stuff for um, – for, Fox Sports, and they completely dogged him out of the blue, just sacked him. And, like, of course, he was a diehard Liverpool fan, had that bit of bias, but, like, match day, he was brilliant. So it's like, yeah, I'd love to see Simon Hill and Daniel Garb come back and Bozza to leave. <laughs> just to spontaneously combust. Uh, no, I don't mind Bozza. He's, he's a bit of a crack-up. I think he's good for the memes. Um now, do you guys want to move on to the game against Victory? Not really. So on Friday, 28th of May, in the COVID lockdown capital of Australia, West United took on Melbourne Victory and despite never losing before, managed to lose incredibly. To the point Cam Sober l- looked good, not to mention 
that backflip technique. Uh, look, yep. all I've got to say about that game is um, literally zero positives. I can't think of a good moment that we had during that game off the top of my head. We got a penalty that was awarded off VAR and at least Dimmer scored his first goal this season. Maybe that's a positive, but it's from a penalty. Um, just disappointing all over the pitch. I think if we had fans in the stadium, I think, I think we still would have lost, but I don't think that would have been that margin, to be completely honest. No. That's my one positive for the game. Thank you, COVID, for making me skip that game and, <laughs> and not witnessing a 6-1 thumping to victory. Yeah, That's my I, I one positive. I don't mind witnessing a thumping if I'm there, but um, if my team at least shows up and tries to do something, then, you know, and you get thumped by a better team, I'll deal with that. But we just, as victory played a great game, but we did not show up. It was very disappointing. I wish I could have been there because I think with some sort of active support or any sort of support, to be completely honest, that sort of G's the team up a bit. But we look complacent and look like we didn't want to be there. So very disappointing. That's cool. I just want to say a thing. For me, this was the lowest point for West United. For me, the few saving graces was the experience we managed to get into a number of young players. Like Duzel got some game time, Pasquale. There was very few benefits, but at least they got some game time for me, other than getting pants the rest of the time. Um, in regards to player of the year, no points awarded to anyone. Six goals, no one gets points in my opinion. On Monday, the 31st of May at Leichhardt over West United played MacArthur Bulls for the third time this season at a new venue, which technically is our home game, which is in a different state. So we're clocking all the states up now. What were your thoughts on the 4-1-4-1 formation we had? Didn't have much of a choice in it with Uzcock out. So um, I think it was the best squad we could have put forward. I was I was quite happy with it actually. I I thought look, there was a few few people of course played out of position, which was a bit upsetting. But the fact is we've changed our structure. We changed, we went with a fullback for once, and we actually looked much more positive than a lot of the other games previously. So you know, look, people who are out of positions got a few out of course, but it was a start. It's what we should have seen six weeks ago rather than now. Agree. I, I think it was refreshing to have a different lineup. It was very good to have a, just play something different. Like we've been tread, like treading a sea of mediocrity for five weeks now. What are your thoughts, Jay? Uh, my thoughts. I was pretty happy with the squad as a whole, but let's be real. Paris is our only proven striker. He's injured. Lockie Wales up front is not going to score your goals um, in the form he's in. Uh, he tracks back a lot. So I knew that we were not going to score many goals. Uh, as soon as I saw that lineup, I saw Wales at the head of that, you know, front three sort of diamond. Uh, yeah, I just, I knew that it was not going to be a great night for us, but I thought maybe we could scape through with at least a draw and give the Wellington fans some hope. Yeah, like you said, I reckon the, the tactics were something different or something fresh. But again, you know, MI is right back, Culver is centre back, Wales is striker. It's like, you know, put, surely put, we've got some, even if you're putting kids in, put people in the right positions. Let's, let's get something going. Wales, we know Wales isn't a striker. Surely we've got, you'd, I'd rather see someone 
Milanovic or just anyone really, an actual striker in there, whether they're a kid, rookie, whatever, put them in the right positions and let's let's just see, see how it goes. I'll be real. Uh, when I saw the starting lineup, that's when I it really hit home that we have a centre back crisis because we had Calva, who's a traditional right back, playing as a centre back. Imai, who's a half decent centre back, but he's got pace playing at right back. And BJ Hamill, who is not a centre back playing as a centre back. He's a defensive midfielder, a ball winning midfielder. Um, he can't deal with the pressure of playing as a centre back in my books. Rate him, good player, not a good centre back. And I thought, shit, we're playing a game with no out and out defenders. So for it to finish 2 1 in the way that it did, obviously we'll get into that. I think they did well, but uh, not good enough. Like, Squad wise, not good enough. You know who impressed me the most? Ike Guarachena. This was probably his swan song the season. Um, he he almost will. He tried to will us a win. He threw everything. He, I'm surprised he didn't come out with a concussion. The amount of like headers he was going for. I really hope we hold on to him next season and actually utilizing the role properly. Like I don't think he's been used properly this season at all. Nah, to be completely honest, uh, like we're not getting in a game votes yet for this one, but Ick is going to be everyone's number three, surely. Like uh, the passion he showed. Um, honestly, to be completely honest, the only three players that have shown real passion in the last few weeks that I've seen and really liked, maybe four players, I'll say is Ika, Tomoki, Scott, and probably Pariahs. Like, um, and they all showed up and showed passion uh, this game. And I really, I really rate that because I see all of them are hopefully sticking around next season. I think we're going to have a major squad rebuild, but I think if we keep those four players, uh, and I think we've already re-signed Parias and um, and Scott for sure, uh, I'll be very happy with that because I think they're part of a fundamental squad that we should like. They, they should be starting most games, all of them, uh, and the the passion they showed. Um, Ika gets up, he gets angry. Um, I even <laughs> I messaged him saying like on Instagram after the game because I had, had a couple of drinks got a bit emotional and said <laughs> hey mate thanks for showing all that passion and he said yep sorry about the result man on to next week and I really rate that so I yeah love Dicker love Dicker that game yeah that for me I genuinely hope he stays on for his next season and is actually utilised in a in a role what, where would you like to see him Jay? As a proper, so you, you see him always usually in the midfield, but I'd love to see him in that attacking front three. I think he's got a goal-scoring instinct. Doesn't um, he normally start the, uh, the attacking three normally? If he starts, like sometimes, but I think we pushed Diamante a bit too far forward. Yeah. I think he sort of sits back a bit too far. I think we need someone, it, it, literally, if we sign a couple centre-backs, push BJ up into a central midfield position um I, i'd love to see a front three of not barisha but a decent striker that we hopefully sign next year parias and guadachena you mean this year well this year next season yeah <clears throat> daniel sturridge or well, someone that's not injury prone like him but you know good he's with our paycheck but yeah we'll probably get onto that in it that's another time that's another into time. the season say, time, yeah. just quickly i'd say kunaguero but sadly He's signed for Barcelona. Damn. 
Now, moving on, Susieta um, opened the scoring with a left-footed goal 27 minutes into the game, assisted by Derbyshire. Now, that was good. They exposed us. There's nothing. No heat on that. That was quickly followed up with a beautiful right foot from outside the box by Milligan. Oh, Millsy! I was actually quite impressed by that. And that's his last professional goal. It's just... Yeah, I rate that. Shushayata's goal was it was a good finish, but he was poorly marked ultimately. Okay. I think, uh, and I think if like the Milligan goal, let's let that go. That's as like he had you intercepted him early on. That goal's not going in. But ultimately, uh, I don't think anyone, including Milligan, thought he was going to score from there. Ryan Scott had no chance at saving either of them. They were brilliantly finished. Other than that, man, they really didn't do much. Else, like they they put a lot of balls in, really fucking ran us off our feet in the first half, but never really looked dangerous other than those two chances, and they put them away. So you've got to give them credit. You got to seal the deal. Now this is our best goal in ages. Diamante fed the ball into the box, and whose noggin was already? It was Ika, and he glides it amazingly into the right corner. And as you said, Jay, our first goal in open play in what was it like eight games? Barely open play. It's from a set piece technically still, but I'll call it open play, man, because it wasn't a there wasn't a penalty and it wasn't a free, even though we are, I don't think we scored a free this year. But the most important part about that Guadalcena goal, and I think everyone will agree, is Guadalcena missed a couple of headers that, you know, weren't sure things, but he should have done better on. And then he buried one. Mm. It's like that's a bloke that keeps on trying and is really going for it. So you've got to rate that. And we lifted that whole half, even before that goal. I think that's the best half we've played in weeks. I think we deserve more from that game. But also on the same token, luck's not gone our way, let's be real. But we need to make our own luck. And I think that uh, Guadachena um, was, you know, he's the man of the match. He tried very hard. Mm. Prius, you know, we came close. I reckon in the first half, we had maybe two, three chances and all of them, were pretty close. Like we could have easily got something out of that game. Luck didn't go our way. Um, all, all our players look a bit down, and uh, I think you know we got one game left. Go for broke. Yeah, Scotty, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I didn't watch much of the second half. I cracked the shits basically. I'm going to beat around the bush. <laughs> I did. The so same I, 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 did I did miss it. I did miss the Icky goal, but you, you've you've talked it up. Now I have to go watch it. <laughs> It's the best thing we've done on, on field in some time. I, th- I think it's our best uh, goal from a corner that we've ever scored, to be completely honest. It was a well, it was hit pretty hard and with perfect accuracy, a literally unstoppable header. And Federici was on that game as well. Mm. He, he did very well. So he literally but- gave the keeper no chance. It was just a well worked goal. Should have maybe marked Guadachena a bit better. But it's like the Milligan goal. I don't think they expected him to score. Because I've seen a lot of um, few games where Guadalajara's been sitting on the bench rather than getting more game time. It's <laughs> if this is his performance, like you know, what what else could have happened if we we played him a lot more like what we did towards the start of the season when we were looking quite good and you know him, Diamante, and Sanchez were you know unstoppable at one stage. I mean, yeah, look at his goal. Look at the game that we put together against uh, MacArthur up at Ballarat when we beat him 4-1. That was a team playing without pressure, playing the football they wanted to play. You had Parise on the on the goal sheet. You had Guadachena on the, on the sheet, fucking scoring. I think we sort of played that game 
in the second half. The problem mm. was our first half performance undid us. And just to quickly go back to that victory game, we were on top of victory until they scored. We had had all the opportunities. Victory scored and immediately the whole vibe around the like players was they were just dejected. They didn't know they knew they couldn't win from there. But at least from this game, um, even though they I, I didn't think we were gonna win at least or even get a point, at least they tried. And I'll respect that. Yeah, completely agree. In the case of the victory game, yeah, we once we like I think it's we've in that got that losing mentality. You need that some of that PMA. I love the bad brains. We may have to play some bad brains again at the end of an episode. Just to um, emphasize that point. But, um, yeah, it was a bit bit shit. But let's move on to something a little bit more positive from the game. In great news, Manny Egwek made his club debut. He managed to get decent game time alongside Bayou and Markovic. Were you guys G'd up when these guys come on around the 60th minute? Oh, hell yeah, man. It was night and day when these guys come on. And you can see the quality that we have coming through our NPL system. And there's a reason why those guys are scoring most weeks in the NPL? I'll be real. Uh, when they came on, um, I didn't expect goals from them. I didn't – I they and to be completely honest, they didn't look like A-League quality. But uh, no one really does when they make their first appearance, To be com- um, unless you're someone from overseas or you're already something special. Um, we've rarely seen someone look like they're A-League quality when they come on. Um, I think Bayou is definitely A-League quality. Agreed. He's just got to just got to um, just keep at it. I think he gets a professional contract next season uh, if he keeps doing what he's doing. Because I really rate him. It'll take him time, but yeah, definitely. The more game time they get, the better they will get. Like look at Joshy Cav. Like when he first started with us, he was a bit <sighs> up and down. He wasn't a hundred percent. But now look at him; he's un- unstoppable. So he's starting starting every game for Adelaide. He got a man of the match a few weeks back. So shout out to Joshy Cav. I still love you, man. <laughs> Please come back. I'm so depressed. Yeah, come back. <laughs> if we gave him more game time, like you know, he could be still with us doing this shit, and and that's what I hope we do with these boys. Like, give him a bit more game time. Like, we're we're not doing nothing special. We've got one game left. Throw them back in there. Let, let's see if they can start putting things together and start taking that next level. And who knows? Step right up next year. Oh man, I think it's shocking that we don't have Josh Cabs at the moment. To be completely honest, like. He would have been so uh, I don't think it's lack of foresight because I think they knew he was good. They just knew they couldn't keep him. But like, yeah. how, fuck, man, he would have been so handy after a couple injuries. I don't blame him for leaving because ultimately you got your own career to worry about. You can't, and he doesn't, you know, uh, he doesn't know the club anything. It's not like he's. It's not like we've given him multiple chances that he's blown. Um, I hats off to Joshy Cass. I really hope that he just comes out and dominates and hopefully these other boys are following his footpath and hopefully they they continue to get game time yeah i completely agree so despite losing the game 2-1 the second half was the best half of football western united have played in close to like 30 uh four uh six game uh seven games uh my top three were guadachena three points pariahs because he was also the only other person that looked like scoring and made a few good runs and Ryan Scott, every like obviously you score, you concede two goals. That's rough, but he never loses spirit. He always gives a hundred percent, and they never really look like scoring again. You know, he saved it onto the. I, I think I can't remember who had a shot, but he saved it onto the post, and then the ball deflected off him and back out, and that would have been game over. But 
he just always he'll make a save and then get up straight away. Um, if we'd won that game, he would have got all three points, to be completely honest. But we didn't. Unfortunately, we lost, but he still gets a point. Scott, who you got? Yeah, three to Ica, obvious reasons, of course. Yeah, I'm going to give two to MI. I think from what I saw, I didn't watch the full game, but what I saw, he was did a lot of, lot of running down the wing and, yeah, he was out of position, but he did quite well in his position. So, me two goats go there and uh, we one vote who will give one when it was a terrible game, but I thought probably just one to Ryan Scott, like, yeah, he conceded two goals, but what can you do with those two goals? Like, they're fantastic shots. He had no chance at saving. It's hard to give votes to other players when they just don't perform. Exactly. Uh, now, moving on to mine, I've got some controversial ones, got some hot takes as per usual. Uh, three to You're going to get Calvara. <laughs> no, all <laughs> no, died to Calvara. Uh, no, two to Manny for making his debut and one to Bayou. Yeah, I probably should have went down that path too because uh, yeah, Scott I like the debutante who play like, Who's coming up for it's a big it's a big jump from MPL three to A League. So props to where props is due. He's got a great story. I'm a sucker for a good story. So yeah. I rate those votes, but man, they're dead in the water votes in comparison looking at player of the season. <laughs> You've been listening. We're also doing a young player of the year too. Oh yeah, yeah. No. Um well why don't <laughs> you let Wales me vote on that? that? No, it's oh, all wow. the same votes. It's all the same votes. Oh really? Oh, yeah. I think Wales has wrapped up. No, Wales has wrapped that up. Wales is winning. Yeah. yeah, Wales, he had such a good form for quite a while. And Let's move on to the preview for CCM. Now, in the final game of the season, West United take on Central Coast Mariners at Blue Tongue Arena with West United on a seven-game losing streak and CCM position fourth. How do you think this will play out? Uh, the question is, how, how much do you reckon we'll lose by? No. no. Oh. No. I think we got this. CCM haven't been performing that well. They lost to we Jeff. Have. I think uh, if I was Mark Rudin, which uh, thank fuck I'm not because I would be sacked probably next year. Do but if I was Mark Rudin. In two weeks. No, I think he's got, to be completely honest, all right, we'll come back to that at some point. Keep that in your thoughts, guys. But if I was Mark Rudin, you've got to go the way of the samurai. You've got to talk to Tomoki Mai and you've got to, and you've got to say, dude, we're going to go nuts. We're going to, we're going to fall on our swords here. We're going to get smashed or we're going to smash them. If I was Mark Rudin, I'd be throwing everything into an attack and just trying to jay everyone up for next season. Mm. The Mariners have been exposed at the back week in, week out, but they have been scoring goals on that same token. I would go for a complete goal fest. I would go, you know, try and get like a 3-4 game. If I'm both managers and you're both talking, you'd be just going nuts. I hope it's a goal fest and we get up. But if it's a goal fest and we go down 3-4, something like that, I'd be proud, to be completely honest. But I think the like the football fan in me says it's going to be two one Central Coast, but the Western United fan in me says it's going to be three two Western. Yeah, uh, uh, look, if um, Rudin did do what you said, which is very unlikely to be honest, it would be fantastic to see, like just to see some heart, see some excitement, see something. It's better than what we've been seeing lately. So yeah, I can't see it happening, unfortunately. I'm going with the 2-1 Central Coast. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I'd really like to see the young fellas get in the game, but also I, I really need us to go out on a high. Um, so I'm really hoping that we, we see some of the people we, you know what I mean? Like I want to see, in mind that like as a centre-back, that'd be great. I'd, I'd love, I want to see Ika, I want to see him dominating. Maybe have 
Diamante pull back a little bit and less attacking. Um, yeah, but I think we can do this. CCM haven't been on a great, haven't had great form recently, and they got done by Jet like Jets like yesterday. So we need the win. We need the win for the G up for the playoffs. Yeah, and because on that note is we're gonna have to take on victory for an FFA Cup spot, which is freaking a bit disgraceful that we're in this position. To be honest, we shouldn't have been. We could have been top four easy. Yeah, but this is what. uh, Yeah, to be completely honest, this is what football stories are made of. Mm. People winning it from tenth, or clubs winning it from tenth, and if we play victory and beat them, and if we beat them convincingly in the FFA Cup. And that's our hardest game until, like, the semis. Let's be real. Um, I really hope that we finish this game on a high because if you've been watching a lot of European football recently, you'll have seen that a lot of the bottom teams have been sticking it to the top teams and making it really hard for them. We're a bottom team. Mariners have got it all to play for, I believe. I think they're still in the running to finish top six. But they're fourth. They, they'll finish top six no matter what. Oh, they will? Then... Yeah. They've got it all to play for coming into the finals with a full head of steam because you don't want to lose to the Jets dead last and then you don't want to lose to a team that completely blew it. And, you know, so honestly, Mariners have got it mentally all to play for and so do Western. I think it'll either be a complete stalemate and neither team will go for it or it'll be a all-out attacking like just put it, just put it. This game on free to air because people all love it, sort of game. Central Coast are going for home finals as well, so they've actually got something massive to play for because they would want to play at their home. If they lose, they could lose home final playoffs, uh, home finals basically. If they win, they could almost guarantee one, maybe two home finals. So it's massive for them, and you know we've got nothing to lose. We're we're just out to um upset them. Yeah. Do you guys want to get into the tipping competition? Oh, man, I haven't put my tips in in weeks. <laughs> um, so just a summary, Andrew Tran <laughs> has it on lock with 66 points. Mongoose 40D is coming second on 62. Michael MM is third on 61. Look at Scott is fourth on 59. Shah Harris Mania, 58, uh, coming fifth. Rudan Snake, six. Um, Garzi, Jules, Levy T, the Albury kid. Oh, sorry, not the Albury kid. They're tied for seventh spot. Amelia's 11th. Um, I'm 13th. The Joker Baby's 15th. Damn, I've really fallen away. I can't yeah. believe Andrew Tran's going to win it. Um, so moving on to that, do you guys want to do Carded? Yeah. That's cool. I'll go for first. Foxtel. For being Foxtel. Scott, you oh, red, red card goes to Optus, been shit. I'm sick of Not Optus Sports. Love Optus Sports. Great, great coverage to the uh, Champions League and that. But um, yeah, just trying to get me in, being hooked up. It's not going well. Obvious red card to the South Australian bloke that gave us all COVID and made me miss the last two home games of the season. Fuck that guy. <laughs> and uh, just, yeah, I'm, just, I'm pretty much red carding uh, COVID every week until it's all fixed. So. That's a stock standard lock for me. Hey kid, um, I think that's it for us today. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave us a comment. Call us out. You can leave us a message on Anchor. Yeah, any final comments, guys? Always, don't we? Yeah, as shit as we've been going, seven losses in a row. 
I still love the club more than ever. All West, aren't we? Same. All West, aren't we? And Epstein didn't kill himself. Oh, <laughs> <I> no. <know. laughs> <laughs>